Welcome to the Rainbow Room. Our podcast about writing, representation, and gay stuff. This is Season 2, Episode 5, Megan. Hey everyone, I'm Andrew. I'm Eric. And uh, today we are not talking with a guest, uh, although I did get a recording of a guest that I interviewed about this, so uh, we can talk about that later. But, uh, so, as you know here at Rainbow Room, we strictly review movies that are canonically gay around canonically gay characters. We are making an exception. (laughs) We're making an exception because... Some are saying the figure that we are reviewing is an LGBTQIA icon. <laughs> you may you may know her well, you may know her name. Andrew, what are we reviewing? <laughs> we are reviewing Megan. <laughs> Woo! L- literally, we like scheduled out our episodes for like the next four weeks. And we didn't have one scheduled for this week. And Eric texts me and he's like, we need to do Megan now. (laughs) (laughs) It was the first time I ever kind of put my foot down with this podcast. Normally I'm like, Andrew, go off. But this, I was like, Andrew, we're reviewing this. (laughs) And I was like, yes, sir. So this is like an emergency scrambled episode. Uh, (laughs) We're like cramming it in during our lunch hour. Like, this is insane. No, I love it. I love it. And and today it's so like, it feels very like the parents aren't home. The kids are at play. (laughs) (laughs) We're having fun today talking about our girl, Megan. Yes, she is a queen and icon. Uh, okay, before we get into Megan, I want to talk about some like just general gay gossip. Uh, there is a news story. I don't know if you heard this, um, but it like has me so heated. It is this newscaster, this meteorologist named Eric Adams, who got, or Eric, sorry, Eric Adam, who was fired from his job because there was videos of his like online webcam sexual activity with other men that got leaked. Did you hear about this? I think I saw something about it today. I'm not 100 sure. And it's like, there's so many, first of all, like, what I don't like is some of the articles are like, the headline is like, oh, this newscaster is coming with a warning about what you do online. It's like, no, there shouldn't, like, this is not on him. He is a victim here. He did zero things wrong. Even if he had, like, I think voluntarily submitted, like, videos to, like, an online porn site, like, that should not be grounds for termination from your job. It's so, it feels very grounded in homophobia. Like, I don't know if, if he had been caught having sex with a woman, would this still be an issue? Maybe, but I just feel like it would have been less less likely um and fortunately i'm not the only one like to have this thought it is sparking a debate there are like there's even like law people i think getting involved of like should this be should you be allowed to fire your employee for activity they do off the clock especially like this is he did nothing wrong in this scenario like all parties were consensual like um and like he didn't even leak his own photos right someone else did it's just like so uh, like it makes me so mad and it's not the first time it's happened but like usually when i've seen it happen before it's been like in sports like there have been cases of men fired for there's two guys were fired for like joking around in the locker room where they gave like playful hand job like as a bit and they got fired for that and it's just like there's so i I get so angry when people get wrongfully terminated. I feel like I saw something about that with that new reality series coming out, like The Real Friends of West Hollywood. Have you seen this? No. It's like this new reality series that is coming out and it's got like Todrick Hall on (laughs) The Real Friends of WeHo. Okay. So this is a new reality show that's coming out um, that is about like West, the West Hollywood community in Los Angeles. It's got people like Todrick Hall. It's 
got, I feel bad for not knowing these names, but it's got people. Tajik Hall is one I know. Curtis Hamilton, Brad Gorski, Duryan Renaud, and James Vaughn. Um, and maybe some other ones. But apparently, there was another celebrity who was supposed to be on it, who I can't remember his name at all. But he was supposed to be on it, and then he sent out a tweet saying something along the lines of, I was fired from a certain uh, reality TV show program because three of the uh, other people on the show didn't like the fact that I had an OnlyFans. What? And yeah, I'm going to figure this out who this person is um, just so I can be more accurate. But like it was a, it was like the same day. He tweeted this the same day that this shit new show was announced. And so it was very much like throwing tea, throwing shade. Wow. Um, but feels very in line with what we're talking about here. And I know we're not getting the full story because obviously that's like very cryptic, but still like that that's infuriating, especially like, I don't know. We, we already live in a world where like so many people are so like scared. To, to show off their bodies and it's like I don't want to live in a world where if you do something like that you get fired from your job like it's, it's not okay yeah Chris Salvatore is his name I know he was like he's kind of a prominent like gay actor he was in like oh he was in like the Eating Out franchise um, oh my god kind of, like, the only thing I really know about from him when are we going to review that one <laughs> soon and Chris you're always welcome on <laughs> you are a hot person <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh uh, the other thing I wanted to talk talk about was when I went to see the movie um, there was a trailer for Knock at the Cabin Door. Did you ha- see this preview also? I did see this. It has Jonathan Groff in it. Yes! My man yeah. crush, Jonathan Groff. I say my man crush as if I'm straight. No, my crush. My my actual <laughs> <Your> crush. <laughs> my clearly homosexual crush. Um, and yeah, it's really interesting because it's going to be a gay movie. It looks, well, you know, it's ha- it features gay protagonists. Um, mm. It seems really dark. I don't know if I'll enjoy the movie, but like I'm just happy to see something being created that has a different hook I've talked about this on my TikTok before. I feel like we need more gay movies and TV shows where the hook isn't just, oh, these characters are gay, but also that mm-hmm. can still like um, uh, feature gay characters and gay protagonists that you root for. Uh, and so uh, even though it seems like it's going to be a twisted movie, it seems pretty dark. It's like, oh, you have to sacrifice one of your own or the world gets destroyed, like horror type thing. And it's M. Night Shyamalan. Um, yeah, I'm, so, I'm just excited o- that it exists. Yeah. The only thing I know, I was talking to someone who had read the book for that movie. And I think like I, I totally agree with what you're saying the celebrating gay characters not just being gay but getting to do other things I do think in the book like the gay characters are kind of treated horribly in the book uh-huh. in the sense of just like in this twisted vibe that you're talking about where they have to like sacrifice one of them I do think it's like one of those things where you're just kind of watching gay people get treated badly <laughs> um, which is my number one issue I don't know if you ever saw the new It movies the ones with the clown yeah there was a the second uh, installment of that franchise the beginning of that movie is just a gay person getting really beaten up and it's just like so bad and I was just kind of like this left a horrible taste in my mouth and I don't know if I really like this there's like a common like gay queer like theme throughout those movies um, which I appreciate and I think it's really awesome is there really? in the It movies? yeah the Bill Hader's character in that movie I think it's Bill Hader um, he uh, is just like has 
like it, he's queer and they like really showcase that with between him and one of the other kids like within the friend group um and it's kind of like a comic but and it talks about like pennywise like tries to scare people and so they use like kind of internalized homophobia homosexuality as a fear against i think bill hader's character i think i'm getting that character right i think it's bill hader's character if not it's one of the other ones but it is okay. one of the themes well we should definitely review it um, then at some point yeah yeah um but yeah like th- that <laughs> violence sounds very uh broke back mountain like that one scene where they're just you've seen it right yeah okay okay um but yeah i can see that but it's like at least the gay characters in this are good guys (laughs) (laughs) it's yeah yeah well we're taking what we can get yeah we can only hope it we can only hope it gets better (laughs) (laughs) truly the theme of this podcast we're taking what we can get (laughs) yeah yeah. Um, and what we what we are getting is megan (laughs) yeah exactly right it's like everyone's talking about how like bros was supposed to be this thing for all the gays and everyone's like "Mm, megan actually Good. <laughs> uh, how have you been, Eric? I've been good, Andrew. I've been, you know, hanging out, chilling, working, doing comedy, seeing a lot of movies. Um, oh yeah, you're you're running an open mic, right? I am. Yeah, running an open mic now in New York City, um, and it's an open mic to uplift queer and women voices, and it's awesome Hell yeah. so far. It's yeah, it's such a good time. I have a great co-host. Uh, shout out! It, we call if you're in the New York area. Uh, my open mic is is this gay? It's at Mood Rings every other Tuesday at 7 p.m. Uh, is this gay? <laughs> is this gay? And it is. <laughs> <laughs> I love yeah. that. And yeah. uh, our classic question, what's the gayest thing you did this week? Gayest thing I did this week? Oh, I had an answer. Can you go? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so mine is... I don't think he's going to listen to this podcast. Uh, I won't mm-hmm. say his name, though. But there is a guy who I had met in my gym. And, um, like, we hadn't had the talk, like, are you gay? I'm gay, you know? But, like, mm-hmm. there was definitely chemistry there. Uh, we met because he was speaking Spanish. And then uh, with his friend. And then, like, I went by and I was like, con permiso. And then, like, later I was like, oh, you, like, your Spanish is really good. You don't look like you speak Spanish because he's, like, very pale-skinned. And so we're like, that's how we, like, started talking. Like, oh, we both speak Spanish. You also, look, like, you speak Spanish. And then we just, like, kept talking. And he's just really cute guy and, like, a nerd. And, like, we hadn't really gotten deep in. But this week particularly, there was a day where we were both at the gym. We were both there a long time. And we were just, like like talking a lot and I like kept coming up to him and then he was like oh I was looking at your Instagram and we were like talking so it's like there's clearly some mutual connection there um and then like right before I left I was like hey like we should get dinner sometime um and he's like okay and then but you know nothing official I hadn't asked him on a date or anything I like technically I didn't know if he was gay but it's like come on uh and then he sends me this long Instagram message that was like hey I should let you know I just started a not sorry I just started a monogamous relationship with a guy um but I'd still like to hang out with you as friends if that's cool mm-hmm. and like literally my first response i like typed it out i was like no <laughs> <laughs> no and, and then i like erased it and wrote a very like diplomatic like thank you so much for letting me know yes i'm still interested in friendship you know um yeah, no. but it's like dang could you know um, who knows maybe in the future always a bridesmaid andrew your time will come oh thank you <laughs> not actually not always a bridesmaid <laughs> i wasn't meant to be like a thing <laughs> you will forever be a bridesmaid actually <laughs> sorry it will never be you babe <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, it's so sad that you're gonna die alone. <laughs> no, shut up. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry to hear that, but I'm good. It's good that like friendship is. I think friendship. You guys think you definitely could be friends. I I just want to be really careful because it's like I don't want to play with fire. Because uh, if our yeah. chemistry is that strong, what if we can't keep our hands off each other? <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I definitely want to respect his boyfriend. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm still down for friendship. Um, I'm more in like the biding my time phase. <laughs> Got it. Okay, that sounds beautiful. Yeah, it's always nice to like have someone have that you have chemistry with like it definitely lifted my spirits um yeah a, a cute a cute smile from a boy can make my day uh <laughs> and it's also a good sign that like the signals i put out there were getting read it's like okay i'm glad like <laughs> right yeah you put yeah. yourself out there yeah there was not any confusion of like no i'm definitely like into this <laughs> i feel like you always put yourself out there you always really inspire me in that way and i always channel you thank you so much eric yeah that's definitely yeah. my vibe my my vibe is to just uh, stay inside and you're not Windows. That's not oh my gayest thing I've done this week. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you said you had an answer. What was what was yours? Mine was, so we did, like I said, mentioned earlier about the open mic that I host. We just had one this past week. And then afterwards, a bunch of like the other gay guys who came to it, like five or six of us just kind of went out to a club afterwards. I was right around oh, the corner. It was fun. on Tuesday night. Um, oh my God. It was, it was still so fun just because we were like the only ones there dancing around in a room and I was like it was another moment of like being like oh look at all my sisters like I love them so much and like ev- like the vibes are just so nice and kind right now that's so cool it almost like <laughs> going to an empty bar can be a vibe because it like feels like you rented out the place <laughs> yeah honestly it was like at 9 30 on a Tuesday and like there was a DJ playing like club music but there was like mostly people were sitting down and the dance floor had like two people on it we were like let's wreck this dance floor <laughs> It was fun. Uh, you make me miss Barbarella's Tuesdays in Austin, uh, Texas. Like, if you haven't is... been, you need to go to Austin on a Tuesday night. Go to Barbarella's. It's called Tuesdays. And it's, like, more popping on a Tuesday night than, like, most clubs are on a Friday or Saturday. It's wild. I had a friend who, he had a layover in Austin. It was on a Tuesday night. He let his flight, like, got into Austin, landed around 8 o'clock. And he didn't have to be back until, like, 6 a.m. He's like, what should I do? I, should, I literally said, go to Tuesdays. Oh, my and God. he did. He had an amazing time <laughs> i love that i love that it's funny uh I'll, also another fun thing that happened to, over the break is i went to uh, miami for new year's eve and i went to this like three days four day circuit party festival <laughs> and awesome. who do i run into a year later after the first time but bo and yang <laughs> and joel can and matt rogers was uh, there too but i didn't say hi to him um but i was like so much more chill this time especially with bowen i was like in line for drinks and he was right there and i was like oh hey bowen i met you months ago in la and he was like oh hey and i was like your new snl intro is so cute um and then he was like <laughs> i don't know if you've seen it but it's like him walking dogs and he gives like the camera this like really cute smile uh and he was like those dogs smelled like shit <laughs> <laughs> he's like there's a little bts for you <laughs> wait that's awesome yeah it was really sweet um and then at one point like joel i'm not at the point with joel where he recognizes me um so we were all dancing but everyone was like so like crammed together at one point i was literally rubbing shoulders with joel because i was like just bobbing up and down to the music and then he was there too and my shoulders were like brushing his i'm like this is surreal but i was like (laughs) i'm not gonna turn to him and say hi i'm a big fan i was just like (laughs) just vibing out like hey joel what's up yeah i did say hi to him later he was like met some of my austin friends 
friends and they were vibing. So I got a chance to like briefly say hi. And he was like, Happy New Year. So it was fun. Yeah, I do love like the cool thing about being a part of any niche. I experienced this a little bit with the hip hop dance um, community because I did a lot of hip hop. Is like someone that's a, a celebrity in that community, you're more likely to meet them if you exist in that niche. And so I like, I've truly, I've met, you've heard me talk about it in this podcast. I've like run into or met or said hi to like n- numerous gay celebrities or people that I really respect that are like maybe not celebrities yet but like people I've had my eye on it's like it's wild how you just end up meeting people it's awesome mm-hmm. yeah that's, I feel like that's the thing about like teetering inside of like a, specifically being like gay comedian like the amount of just like people you can meet like in any sort of gay comedy scene it's like oh you do this too like awesome like I, while I feel like gay comedy there's like so many people doing it now it's like I still think you can like meet your heroes and it'd be like really cool and casual yeah definitely and like I try and keep my pulse my fingers on the pulse of the gay comedians so it's like there's some people who aren't big yet who I'm like these people are funny um simon gave it i think is his username there's this like one guy in the uk who's just creating hilarious stuff i'll link it link it (laughs) i typed in simon gave it and simon from love simon popped up Oh, okay. I see who this person is now. I've never seen this person before, but cool. Yeah. Okay, I got it right. His actual name is Simon David, but his username is Simon David. Um, and he has a like show he does where it's like uh, straightest comedian, uh, where he's like trying to provide a platform for straight comedians, uh, but it's all actually just queer comedians. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> and then he gets like pissed when he discovers they're gay. It's really funny. <laughs> mm, awesome. Uh, okay, so let's talk about Megan. <laughs> Three again. <laughs> Three again. Model three generative uh uh a- Android. Yes. Model three generative Android. Megan for short. Yes. Uh, um while we're still in the spoiler free zone, uh how did you uh discover Megan? How did you find out about this? What was the vibe like for you? I mean I it blew up on Twitter the day that trailer was released. And my first thing I ever saw, like it took over Twitter, that trailer. Specifically the dancing scene in the trailer and everyone was just losing their mind and it looked like this like campy thriller thing starring none other than Allison Williams aka Marnie from Girls it was just like the complete recipe for like the most gay movie you've ever heard of but without actually being gay I had no idea it was like truly going to be this popular with the gays. Um, I yeah, my first introduction to Megan was just seeing like the dancing clip, uh, like that gif on like TikTok, and then like people talking about it. Um, but I didn't expect it to be good. I thought it was just going to be like some weird Chucky ripoff try hard. Um, and so then when like I heard that all the gays were seeing it and like the reaction it was getting, and then I think it got like a ninety eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes, mm-hmm. and that score might change because um, I think it's still early but still it's like that's an amazing score um and then also i think a lot of people are talking about it because of its proximity to, to bros right like bros came out and like was really touting itself and really trying and advertising itself it's like oh this is gonna be like the gay revolution of the year all the gays are gonna come out and support we want the straight people to support and so the fact that like all the gays are like megan's where it's at like everyone's talking everyone's comparing it to the reaction the response to bros oh, it's it's so interesting and i just saw the 
screenwriter, Akila Cooper. She's like written a lot of like, uh, she's done a, a decent amount of like horror, I think, as well as like her, the director, James Wan. I think that was the director. Um, and anyway, she, there's a Vanity Fair article that just came out and it's in the headline is, is her saying, I didn't know I was inventing a queer icon. <laughs> 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 it was just funny. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, James Wan. Here, wait one second. James Wan produced Megan and I think the cre- the director of Megan was Gerard Johnstone. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And who do we, what do we know about these people? I don't know if any of them are gay. I was Googling that ferociously. James Wan has done so many horror movies. Um, he's in the horror realm. Well, here's the funny thing. Normally on this podcast, we're very concerned about that because we're like, oh, do they portray gay people accurately? But like this movie did not have any gay people in it. There's no... (laughs) It did have famous gay actor Brian Jordan Alvarez. (laughs) It does have him, but the character sexuality is not specified. Uh, Yeah, so there's no um, onus on the writers or directors or anyone to have any um, gay guides or knowledge or consultants like <laughs> I could Juicy. see I could see with how highly regarded it's being received by the gay community that in the second one there's going to be some sort of gay representation I think oh my god there totally should be and they should cast us <laughs> and they should cast yeah I will gladly be Megan too <laughs> yo you're going to be Megan too yeah yeah I'll be I'll be her older brother <laughs> <laughs> I was going to sign up to just be the twink that gets murdered in the opening scene, but... (laughs) And that would be so funny if I was the one murdering you. (laughs) Yes! The gay community has come so far, we finally have gay men murdering each other on screen. Yeah, absolutely. I also just feel like, though this is not a queer movie, like, you get it. Like, the queer people get it. Like, people are going to see that we review this and they're going to be like, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Also, this is a good lesson. Like, if you want to make a movie that appeals to to gay people and like that's your target demographic uh (laughs) considering having some hot stylish freak (laughs) in it Literally. And I'm just thinking about the amount of people who are going to make for Halloween this year. That is going to be the biggest Halloween costume this year, I think. And there's been so much promotion that has, like, multiple Megan dolls in it that it's mm-hmm. actually going to be okay if there's, like, uh, several people dressed up as Megan. Because then you just look like the opening of, uh, what was it, that award show where they had the Megan's dance? I don't even know. I feel like it was maybe, like, a red carpet or something. I can't even remember. It was wild. Um, it was at Universal Studios, wasn't it? I think so, yeah. And they feature uh, Taylor Swift's song, It's Nice to Have a Friend, which many, many people have argued that that is one of her queer songs. Um, really? That's tea. But that's, I mean, that's just part of Taylor Swift's whole narrative. People, like, the amount of people who think Taylor Swift is gay, they're looking at every single song that she's written in time to And It's Nice to Have a Friend is a song off of her Lover album, which is, like, an album that's more so about, like, being in love. But It's Nice to Have a Friend is very much, like, this eerily creepy song. But, like, you could read into it, I think, and like see some gay undertones. But do I think Taylor Swift is actually gay? No, I don't think so. <laughs> Taylor Sorry, Swift is a gay man. <laughs> <laughs> and it's me. <laughs> uh, Alright, should we watch this movie, Eric? Let's watch the movie since we haven't already. <laughs> Let's watch the movie! Megan! 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 Megan, 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 Megan straight! Megan. Straight! <laughs> straight! straight. <laughs>
At this point, we watch Megan. Gemma is a toy maker who is in hot water after spending unauthorized funds developing a robot toy. Gemma's sister dies in a tragic car accident, and she is assigned as her niece Katie's new caretaker. Gemma struggles to be a good guardian while trying not to get fired. Katie shows interest in Gemma's robot creations, prompting Gemma to create Megan, an intelligent autonomous robot friend. The project is a massive success, and Katie loves Megan and even develops an unhealthy attachment to her. But Megan starts to kill anyone who threatens Katie. Gemma figures out what is happening, and Katie walks in on Gemma and Megan. Megan fighting for their life and must choose a side. And we're back! Woo! Alright, so this is where I'm going to air our guest interview. I went with my friend William Lee, and uh, this is my interview with him about it. Alright, so I am here with William to get his official statement on Megan, which we just saw. We are sitting in my living room after having watched the movie Drinking Wine. <laughs> we, I don't know, we loved it, right? Yeah, it was, it was a pretty good movie. Like, I definitely expected, I didn't really know anything about it going into it, so I definitely expected more, like, jump scary. Um, but yeah, no, I, it was, it was, I wouldn't say a masterpiece, <laughs> um, but it was highly entertaining at the very least. Uh, why do you think this movie has such a strong LGBT following? I'm gonna be honest, I I have no idea. <laughs> like, I couldn't see it. I couldn't see why, because you said that going in that it was gonna like maybe have some LGBTQ following, but yeah, I, I I couldn't see it, but I still enjoyed it regardless. I don't know. I feel like there were parts that so we we had a very straight audience, but I feel like there were parts that like we were laughing at extra hard or just like resonated with us extra hard. <laughs> like I don't know. You there were times where we laughed like yeah. that no one else was really laughing especially you you were laughing yeah, yeah that's fair that there were times that we were laughing but i don't know if it's just because the audience like stuff flew over their head um but i wouldn't say those were like specific lgbt moments right they were they were entertaining to us yeah. do you think they were entertaining just because of like we have that context or I don't know, maybe we're like, we see things through the lens of camp more often, like, we know camp, and we're like, that was, that was camp. <laughs> yeah, 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 I can see that. That If you bring it up that way, yeah. Uh, My favorite moment was <laughs> when the doll just started singing Bulletproof. <laughs> I see. I yeah, I have to agree. Definitely, like that part, it threw me for a loop, and then I was like, "Is this actually happening right now?" And then, and then she kept going for like another two minutes. It goes on for so long. I was like, "Yeah, this is this is great." I was cracking up. There were so many times where you were like crouched. Oh my god. Yeah. I mean, I I told you before going into this, like I'm really bad with scary movies. Um, it was adorable. It was it was anxiety inducing at the very least. I really like when she is um she's just pushed the guy into traffic oh. and he gets hit by a car and then you just see a shot of her standing there and i think we both laughed yeah 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 that was a good part too <laughs> it's like it's like cinematic but also like for whatever reason like it makes you laugh final thoughts i mean i would i would highly recommend it like it was it was a good movie like it was it was in entertaining and and it wasn't too terrifying so like actually like sit through the whole thing but yeah i, I enjoyed it Hell yeah. Also, I forgot. I have to ask you one last question that we ask all our guests, because now you're officially a guest of the Rainbow Room podcast. Um, what's the gayest thing you did this week? This is part of our ongoing mission to create a rich tapestry of authentic queer people's lives. What's What am I allowed to say? <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Maybe I'll get a side of William. I don't know. Yeah, we know. We try and keep this PG-13, but uh, um, you can tell me off the air. Your other The gayest thing I did this week, probably drinking this wine right now honestly like besides going to the gay gym yeah I, I i hate to say it but my my week was disappointingly not very gay what's this gay gym pnw fitness <laughs>
Okay, and, and tell me why it's the gay gym. People say it is. I I will say, like, you saw me. I go there, I, I turn on resting bitch face, and I just, I ignore everyone else, but apparently it's cruisy. I've, n- I've never witnessed it, but that's what the, the rumored mill tells us. And, and there's just a lot of gay men there. <laughs> All right, well, William, thank you so much for your time. I, I really appreciate you. Boom! William! <laughs> Thank you for letting me play that. Yeah, how'd you like it, Eric? I I just loved it. It was just so... not They knew exactly what they were doing, the details out of place. And, like, the smaller details that really read is, like, can't be clear. Like, they really shine through for me. And so that when you guys were talking about that, when you said the word camp, I was like, yeah, I feel like campy horror, queer people have kind of claimed as their own and have, like, really latched onto. And so that's why I kind of think that this has such a large LGBTQ following. Also, I feel like this movie falls in line with the renaissance of the word slay. Like, <laughs> what? how that is so, like, the word slay is so embedded into, like, the cultural zeitgeist right now, and how it's queer people, straight people, everyone is using the word slay. And I just, if I had to encapsulate slay in one word, I would say Megan, the movie. Um, <laughs> they don't use that word yeah. in the movie. They don't <laughs> use it at all. I don't know. They didn't. I think it would have been kind of corny if they did. Um, uh, I can see that coming in. Another thing I can see coming in the second word, Megan using the word slay. <laughs> um, like, no, instead of death say. being the word that, like, triggers her, like, AI, if you learn slay instead. <laughs> slay, slay, slay. What is really, slay? And they're like, Megan, don't really worry about it. <laughs> she's, like, <laughs> she's, like, learning her artificial intelligence, and she's like, oh, I should kill people now with slay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's from the very beginning, it feels very topical um, Mm -hmm. because it's like very much playing into the AI fear, especially with Lenza. Did you do Lenza? Mm -hmm. Do you you know what it is though, right? Where you like submit pictures of yourself and the AI like makes it into these beautiful pictures of you. I did not do this. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that was such a big eye I refuse to do this. (laughs) You refuse? Why? Because it cost $8 to do it. $8. That when I learned that, that's when I said, what is going on? I think there's a cheaper version you can do for three dollars. Okay, but still, I don't want to pay money for these pictures. <laughs> I was gonna do it like for my family for a gift, but then there's all these concerns that people were coming out with, like, "Oh, don't submit like your photos to this because it like it could be dangerous." I don't know. I feel like we're in a stage where everyone's like AI is so new, and we've already witnessed like privacy violations from big tech companies like Facebook, etc. That people are very on edge about privacy, and so AI requires data to work and people are just very cagey about their data right now and so i feel like that's played into like why people are afraid to use lenza um also it is silly it's like as you said spending money to just like get a pretty photo of you is very vain but i want to do it anyway um oh goofy the amount of people i i really thought it was like a social experiment of some kind and like just i the amount of people i saw who were doing it i was kind of shocked i didn't think it would be this big of a thing that happened yeah but there's all this fear and discussion about ai right now and so yeah. this movie plays into that hard because they're like oh this is like a toy that uses ai and mm-hmm. and like showing and like because ai is so i'm um i have a phd in machine learning so what i can corroborate i guess is that like ai and machine learning in particular is like very much a black box thing sometimes just because like it's keeping track of so many factors that a human couldn't really like memorize w- what it's doing so at some point you just kind of have to like trust the output so it's very reasonable that you could design something that ends up behaving in a way contrary to what you planned um so in that way now obviously i think the fictional part of this is just like how 
advanced and how capable Megan is. Like we are technologically speaking so far from being able to build something like that right now. But it's not without reason, you know, and it's not like robots becoming intelligent and evil is a new concept. But I think they framed it in a way that felt culturally relevant, which I really liked. Yeah, I would agree with that. Like to take because we've had like, what are those popular robot movies like iRobot? Mm-hmm. Will Smith. Like we've had that's such a common thing of like doomsday, our phones take over and kill us. Um, where it's like with this movie, it's like our phones take over and kill us, but it's kind of slay and cool. <laughs> <laughs> I also like when they have um, when they're showing off Megan's facial expression capabilities it's like such a nod to Sophie the robot yeah it's like oh this is directly like referencing that for sure and it works really well because it like makes it feel like so relevant because have you seen that that it is creepy if you watch the Sophie Mm -hmm. the robot thing it's like (laughs) all those faces it also dips into that artificial intelligent musician Poppy have you heard about this no momentary pause while I do quick research um so so there's this musical artist poppy and as far as i know she's like in terms of like an online presence i think these are together because poppy is such a unique name but if you look up poppy like on youtube like it's very much like this like robotic presence that like is a pop star and does like musical recordings and whatnot and it just dips into like poppy is like this like kind of very hyper pop but also like metal kind of artist and like it's it's another one of those like female artists that queer people have claimed as being like their gay icons in the sense of just in the same way that like Lady Gaga is Beyonce is like Katy Perry um but it she just has this like promotional facet of her career and that she has this like AI robot that like access her on the internet interesting okay I'll have to look into that that's that's cool what was your theater experience like (laughs) (laughs) my theater experience is crazy Andrew <laughs> so I saw it at an AMC and I thought the Nicole Kidman ad was already iconic. But when the Nicole Kidman AMC ad played before Megan, that theater became a church. <laughs> <laughs> I swear it was people started cheering and hollering when that AMC ad came on. And then there was a little girl in my screening who started running in the aisle during the AMC ad because so many people were cheering. And at least like there's that line in the AMC ad where Nicole Kidman's like heartbreak feels good in a place like this. And at least 10 separate people in the theater said it out loud together, including myself. <laughs> I felt it in my chest. <laughs> so already before Megan even started, the theater was hot and warm and ready. <laughs> that is amazing. It was, Did- it became a game church. <laughs> was there a lot of gay men in your audience? Um, No, I wouldn't say so. I saw it at like 7 p.m. on a Monday night. So, but there was, there was a decent amount of people. Um, but the vibe was still like, we're here to slay. Yeah, there were, it was like people, all, all kinds of people laughing at completely different moments. And like, it, I think we all like were on the same page of like, this is funny and we're going to laugh at like literally anything. So like the vibe was very warm in the theater. It was funny. Do you, how, <laughs> how much of the humor do you think is intentional? Because that almost makes it funnier to me that like sometimes I'm like, I don't know if I'm supposed to be laughing here, yet here I am. I think if there was ever a clearly obvious obvious humorous moment i that was intentional but i found myself laughing at so much of that movie that wasn't obviously intentional 
Like, like there were like after wait, hold for siren. One second. Okay, it's gone. Perfect. So long. I think there was a lot of humor that jumped in this movie in an unintentional way. I specifically laughed so hard at after the boy is pushed in front of the car and he's killed. There's this shot of Megan sitting in the car, peering out of the window simply with her eyes. And something in the way that they cut straight from this boy getting killed to her immediately sitting <laughs> in the car, looking at the crime scene, really was one of the funniest things I'd ever seen. Me and my entire party that I went laughed so hard. <laughs> but it wasn't, it, I don't think it was intentionally funny. I just think this robot who's so goofy looking is going to have moments where she simply exists and we find it hilarious. Yeah, because it's such a distinct look. And she, yeah, I, I think you're right. She is a little bit goofy, but also like she's dressed so well. It's like yeah. she all her looks are always slaying, and yeah. I think that just juxtaposition of like she just killed a man, and like <laughs> now she's looking awesome. Yeah, and like I think like when they first bring Megan home and she walks in with the sunglasses, immediately takes them off. I'm like that was intentionally. Like, <laughs> trying to be, like, can't be silly funny. Yeah. The the first time she sings, <laughs> even before Titanium, is so funny. Because, like, it's this really tender moment. And there's so much tension in the room of, like, is something bad going to happen? <laughs> and then, like, when it's just resolving, you're like, oh, this all worked out. She just starts singing. <laughs> I feel like they really played around with the music so much in that movie. There were so many, like, moments that you knew were scary and like kind of creepy simply because of the score and I did I think they did it in kind of a goofy way like there was something about it that just made me I just I'm telling you Andrew I I like it like what William said it's not a masterpiece and I agree it's not a masterpiece but I could see it just like every detail was right I think and for that regard I, I applaud them for making such a funny movie it is really well written in many regards like there's uh the relationship dynamic of the main character is on its own extremely interesting like having to if you don't have maternal instincts or maternal experience and suddenly you're dealing with your sister's traumatized child it's like that even without Megan like that could be in and of itself just such an interesting dynamic to explore so I think there's so much going for this movie um I also like the pacing I think they really do a good job of raising the stakes and they do a great job of like the first the, the way they who she kills and in the order I think is very smart like start with a dog who's already an unsympathetic dog because it's a mean dog Mm-hmm. Uh, and then like every character you get a little you're a little bit more sympathetic towards of like oh, okay maybe you know because the next one's a bully and it's like when she kills the bully you're kind of like go off <laughs> go off bro oh my and god think- oh, go. the line where she's <laughs> where the girl's like do you really think he's in a better place and she's like no <laughs> <laughs> no I don't think so she's uh. like and the, the voice is so funny like if there's a heaven he wouldn't go there <laughs> <laughs> they really uh such a great, great film, cinema, and I and I continue to say this, but having having Allison Williams play the scientist in that movie and sort of mirroring her character on girls as being like this white woman who's inconvenienced throughout the entire movie, <laughs> there's just another queer element in there, like girls HBO Lena Dunham, like that's 
whether you like to or want to argue with me or not, Girls HBO is queer, and to pull Marnie from that char- that show, the most insufferable character, and to place her in this universe with a slay robot, and have her still be like, Allison Williams just is doing incredible work in the sense of like being an icon within and of itself. Yeah, you're right. It's a very good casting decision because it adds layers. I was I just saw a TikTok about making TikTok content of like you want to have multiple layers, multiple facets through which like people could find the video interesting multiple reasons to come and see something so there are probably people who saw the movie just for that and so it's it's helps its success because it's doing massively well right now right it's doing so good and it's just so funny how good it's doing yeah um okay i wanted to (laughs) read this tweet about uh this that i think is so funny it's been making the rounds uh megan writer uh, megan writer akayla cooper explains why the ai doll has become an lgbtq plus icon quote this little girl has lost her family. Then this doll is also brought into the situation. That resonates for a lot of people in the gay community. The idea of found family. <laughs> and then I saw a tweet where it was like, responding to that. Let me see if I can find it super quick. Okay, I have um, some responses I found too, because there are so many responses to be made. Do you uh, have the quote tweet that's like... Uh, here, here's the one I have. Uh, oh, my phone just reached its time limit. Uh, here's, the, here's the one I have. No, I think she's a freak in a wig who did a flip, and that's how many of us imagine ourselves at our best. By JP. <laughs> I saw one here. I'm about to find it. Hold on. Wait, wait. I'll find it. I'll find it. Pause, pause, pause. <laughs> wait, I'm going to find it. Pause. I'm going to find this because I think it's funny. Oh, here we go. It's like, yeah, the little. it's the same tweet where it's like, that resonates for a lot of people in the idea of found family. Quote tweet. It's actually because she's mean, pretty, and can dance. <laughs> uh, Vinny Thomas said, in her defense, gay people love a little outfit does not sound as good. <laughs> I swear. And then I saw, and then I, I'm going to play this for you because it's so funny. Um, I saw this TikTok. Doing poppers resonates with the queer community because it's a reflection of our lived What is coming up? It's an opening up. We arch our backs and we tape our our souls to the world and we say here we are love Cole Escola I love Cole Escola as soon as I saw that I was like oh my god I know exactly what this is referencing of course oh and man that titanium part is just so funny like you have to pay for rights to use that song right like how much did they pay to be able to make that stupid joke I have no idea but it it, it really it paid off like no matter how much it costs that to simply slip in that song paid off it's so good I think us reviewing Megan is opening up even more what we can review the idea no 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 this is a one time exception I think it is girls we are not doing girls we are not doing <laughs> we could do girls <laughs> no. actually i don't no, know does I girls think... have gay people in it i couldn't tell you barely any at all i um, i i struggled with doing luca this is a um that's so funny <laughs> No, it, it has it has gay people in it. Girls does because Hannah's ex boyfriend from college ends up being gay, and it's played by that one actor. Don't know his name off the top of my head, but okay, there is gay, there are gay characters in that. Okay, I'll allow it. Um, <laughs> I see you plotting and scheming, seeing what other <laughs> film you can slip under the. What else can I just get you to let me talk about for hours? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> um, okay, should we talk about the ending of this movie? Are there other parts know, you want to go we? over? I mean, yeah. I, I I have nothing else to say, really. Um, so if we want to start wrapping up, I think we can. Yeah, let's talk about this. I, I, I just want to talk about the final scene because I think it's really fun. Um, but I also think they do a lot of cool, poignant stuff. Like, you can you see that the protagonist has kind of, like, learned a lesson of how to be, like, a more empathetic and better mother. And she, like, makes the right choice of, all right, we're going to cut off the project. Um, and then it's a really cool final moment when you see like the girl register trust and you're not sure if she's trusting Megan or Ge- Gemma <laughs> Gen- Gemma Gemma um, and then she ends up like fighting Megan with Gemma <laughs> and Megan calls her an ungrateful little bitch <laughs> and then you see like Megan get like completely just like stripped a part of her identity and stripped down to what she actually is which was a robot um, yeah. and she did become much scarier when you took away all of like sleigh outfits <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, the really cool ending is that one of the things that Gemma had taught uh, the girl was like where the brain in the computer lived. And so the girl's like final moment of like stat in the final moment, she takes a screwdriver and the face has already been ripped off and you can see the exposed like motherboard or whatever. Um, and she stabs it uh, where it's quote brain lives. And that's what ends up like finishing the job. And it's just a really cool way to like come full circle and nod to like the beginning of the movie, which I really liked. And we love a final shot of the Alexa-style robot in Jenna's house. Yes. Like, such a slow, like, holding on the shot of this, like, robot, and then it turns on by itself, and then you got the black, and it's like, yeah, we're getting the sequel. (laughs) (laughs) Sweet. So, uh, any final thoughts to wrap up our discussion of Megan? Final thoughts on Megan. Gay, slay, fun, campy, every detail in the correct place. Fun for the whole family. What about yeah, you, Andrew? I'll second all that. Um, it's really well done and it's really fun and it's really funny. Um, I do think this is a good one to see in theaters and I also think it's a good one to see with gay people. Uh, so my audience was very straight but I brought my gay friend William and I think we had so much more fun watching it together and I had fun because he was laughing at parts that I wouldn't have thought to laugh at and then I found myself mm-hmm. laughing at it so it's like like very much a community thing so definitely try and watch this one with gay people yeah, <laughs> um, see, it, see it with your chosen family yeah or if you're straight like find a local gay <laughs> put, out a, put out an ad get on grinder and be problematic for a second <laughs> oh my god see not not gay not interested in hooking uh-huh. up seeking person to see megan with seeking a, it's like that seeking a friend for the end of the world <laughs> oh my god oh yeah speaking of that um adam silvera's book is getting made uh they both die at the end is is getting made into a Netflix show. Oh my gosh. Do you uh, see that? Yeah, and it, it will, I did not see that, but it will do well. I know it will. Eric, you should be in it. Oh my gosh. I'm too old to be in it, I think. Yeah, you can shave. I don't know. <laughs> I could shave, I, I guess. Uh, if they do a version where like they're 25 and not 17, I could easily be in it. <laughs> they cast old people as young people all the time in Hollywood. I don't, but yeah, it's because they look young. <laughs> you look young. I guess. I think I look my age. We're not having this argument on air. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, anyway, I, I think it's really well done, and there's just so much going for it. And I think it's going to be a cult classic. I think you should check it out. I think you should check it out. Watch, run, don't walk to the theaters. <laughs> All right, thank you guys so much for joining us on Rainbow Room. Until next time, bye. Bye, Megan. Bye, Megan. <laughs>